so we have come to the end of this month's theme, the power of vulnerability. Ugh, makes you feel a little vulnerable, doesn't it? It's just really one of those topics that we don't, you know, you're just not comfortable dealing with. So we're at the end. Good. <laughs> it's that comfortable. It's uncomfortable at first, right? But we really get the message in it. And just like March's theme, which was cultivating authenticity, it's another one that kind of makes us uncomfortable because it's a vulnerable place to be. So we were uncomfortable in March. We were uncomfortable in April. Oh, Lord. Authenticity and vulnerability. The terrible twos, right? Authenticity and vulnerability. Well, we'll lighten up in May. We will lighten up with the theme light within the shadows, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully, because I don't know, light within the shadows. Sounds like a lot of the shadow work. Sounds like it could be a little deep and dark as well, but we'll, we will bring light to it. So going back to the cultivating authenticity thing, you know, March and the April, you know, the vulnerability thing, we had to do some digging, right? I mean, th these are subjects that we really have to process. We really have to process. So you hung in there. Here we are. The last Sunday of the month, give yourself a pat on the back, really. I mean, you've made it through all these. They're hard subjects to face. We, we have to muster up the courage, right, to be vulnerable enough to put our authentic selves out in the real world. We have to risk it all to live that perfectly self-actualized life that spirit knows us to be, and that can be a scary place, to just live out loud, to live our authentic selves, to take off all the masks. You know, I know that we have masks that we use. We have created them ourselves over the course of a lifetime. For whatever reason, we created them. You know, we wear them. We wear a mask for this, we wear a mask for that, you know. And, and here's what I do know about that mask wearing is that if we get rejected, it doesn't hurt as much, right? Why? Because it's not really us. Because we're wearing a mask. When we know we get, when we get rejected when we're wearing the mask, it's like, ha-ha, the joke's on them because that's not really me. They're rejecting, right? And so we can do that. And, and it's, it's, a, it's a protective thing that we do. Hurts more to be rejected for your authentic self, right? When you put yourself out there and you're vulnerable and you're exposed and you're, this is the real me, and then you get rejected for that, that hurts a lot more. So who wants that? Well... We do. I mean, we want the authentic part. We don't want the rejection part. But we long to just be, be our true selves out in the world. We long for that. That is who spirit meant us to be, right? We were created, all of us, uni unique, individualized expressions of spirit. And so we were meant, really, to be our authentic self in the world. We want to live. That's our desire is to live this most authentic and, and self-actualized individual in, in, that we can be. This is the real deal. This is the real me. Here I am, out in the world. We, I don't know, we desire that. We desire to do that and not be afraid of letting our own light shine. We are here because apparently spirit has need of us, right? 
Seven and a half, eight? Is it eight? Are we up to eight billion? I don't even remember. Okay, each one of us is here as an individualized expression of spirit. So spirit has need of you. The light that you shine individually that nobody else can shine the way you can. And that's why we're here. And so why, why, why do we try so hard to fit in when we were born to stand out? We were born to stand out. We were born to shine our individualized light. Ernest Holmes said this. He said, everything in the universe is a unique individualization or expression of the one thing. The one thing which is the cause of all things. You should be aware that the one creative power is expressing in you in a unique way, and that it is, it is always pressing against you, seeking a fuller outlet of its infinite possibilities. You do not have to imitate or compete. You are a special creation of God, and you have full access to unlimited potential of universal intelligence. Yes, yes, that's what, what, that's what it's about. We are here to express the glory of God that we are. Each one of us, every, each one of us a little different, no two alike, like grains of sand or leaves or fingerprints or snowflakes, no two alike, individualized. No, no need to hide our light under a bushel, right? Matthew, what is that, 515? neither do humans light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick to give light to all that are in the house. You want to shine your light on all that are in the house, on the planet. Right? You want to shine your light for all to see. Because then you, you give permission for others to do the same, to be their authentic selves in the world, to be that. We are born individualized to shine our particular brand of love, our particular kind of joy, our power, our way, our beauty as only we can show it. And then here we are with all of our, our self-protection mode, right? We're these beautiful, authentic, individualistic portraits of perfection, and we're going around putting mustaches on the Mona Lisas, right, that we are. Oh, man. Joseph Campbell said, the privilege of a lifetime is being who you are. The privilege of a lifetime is being who you are. And if you're asking yourself, why, right, why am I doing this deep work? Why was I attracted to this philosophy that asks so much of me? Why am I processing everything? Why am I awakening? Why am I walking on this spiritual path and questioning and going within and identifying my fears and my false beliefs and my limiting thoughts? Why, why am I doing all this? That's why you're doing it. That is why you're doing it. Because the privilege of a lifetime is being who we are. What an amazing thing that is. Living our best life using everything, using it all up, being our best self, being the self that spirit knows we are, that spirit knows we are, the way spirit made us. I'm like, that's just so amazing. So what goes wrong? <laughs> what goes wrong? How did we get here? 
right? How did we get here? Because we're here because we added on all this stuff that we now are in the process of getting rid of, aren't we? The process of, of the spiritual path is to release all the false beliefs, release all the limiting ideas, release all of the fears, all of the things we collected throughout life. Now we are here together to, to just divest ourselves of all of that stuff. You know, we spend hours, don't we? We come here on Sundays. We pay for spiritual retreats. We buy self-help books. We, we try to peel away what we put there in the first place. We hide ourselves. We wear masks. We try to fit in. We deny our true feelings. We like what other people like just so we can be acceptable to the group. We do all kinds of things. And it starts early, doesn't it? It starts really early. It starts when the big people around us, when we're really, really little, they inform us quite nicely, don't they, on what's acceptable and what's not. You're too loud. I was one of those. Anybody? Anybody too loud? OK. You're too loud. You're too shy. You're too much. Right? You're not smart enough. You're not social enough. You're not humble enough. People will, will tell you, the big people in your lives will tell you what, what you can and cannot be in a group. We learn early on, and we start to censor ourselves, because we know. We learn what the big people in our lives like from us, and we try to give them more of that, and what they can't like in us, and we try to withhold that. We are, excuse me, we learn early on if our, if our parent is uncomfortable with the way we are, we will hide that part from them so that they'll be okay, right? That's what we do as children. Maybe you remember from your own childhood if you were sad or if you were disappointed or maybe you were heartbroken at some point. And one of your parents may have tried to get you out of it, right? Tried to get you over it. Take you out for ice cream, take you out to the park, or take you to an arcade to try to get you over whatever it was you were feeling. And, and it comes from love. I'm not saying there was anything bad about that. I'm sure the motivation was love. It may have been. But, but, but the truth was they were uncomfortable with your pain. They were uncomfortable with your pain. They weren't comfortable being around your misery. They could not accept your unhappiness. And the, and the message that is sent to us is, is clear, came through loud and clear. Your feelings make me uncomfortable. Please stop. Get over it. So to make our parents feel OK around us, we will hide certain things. We'll hide certain truths about us. We'll hide certain emotions. We'll hide certain feelings. We'll hide our likes or dislikes. And after we do it again and again, over and over, to be what the big people around us expect us to be, well, we're no longer our authentic self, are we? We're some creation that we have taken on in order to exist in that particular group, right? At some point, we don't even recognize ourselves after a while. Now, Ernest Holmes said this in the Science of Mind. He said, personality has a possibility far beyond anything that is merely psychological or physiological. 
for it has the possibility not of becoming a mask to hide reality, but rather an open countenance through which reality becomes expressed. You have the personality that you have because that is your individualized use of this one power and presence in the universe. You know, and, and so I started thinking to myself, okay, so what if I grew up that way? What if you grew up that way? What if you, you know, had one of those parents who, who really couldn't accept you? You know, I read a book when my kids were going through junior high experience, and, and I can't even remember who it was or what the book's title was, but the one thing I took away from it, they said, your child will reflect back to you all of your own unhealed aspects from junior high. I was like, I read that. That was just like, that was worth the price of admission right there on that book. And it was like, okay, so, you know, you have to heal yourself in order to be able to sit with that kind of pain. Because we all remember junior high school. I think it was probably the worst, the worst period, right? You know, between the pimples and the, and the you know, adolescence and the hormones and everything. Ugh. But we need to heal that in order to sit with our children who are going through that. So what if we grew up that way? What if our parents sent us the wrong message over and over, like, oh, God, I'm not comfortable when you do that. I, I can't be around, you know. I want you to be better so that I can feel okay, right? So what if it became a habit on our part to hide those true selves, right? We're adults now. Yay. We made it. We, we lived through it, right? We can heal that. We can heal that habit of having to wear masks around people to feel like we can fit in. Jet Saris wrote um, a while back, it's an older book, the, oh, Undefended Love. Anybody read Undefended Love? Oh my gosh. What a book, get it, read it, it's amazing. But she says this, um, emotional presence is the capacity to be non-judgmental and motiveless when listening or simply being with another. That's amazing. That is an amazing talent to develop. This is what your practitioners and your ministers are trained in. Sitting with another. Sitting with that ability to be non-judgmental and motive-less with someone else. We can do that now for each other. We're all adults now. Even if we didn't get that when we were children, even if we didn't get that with our parents, here is our opportunity to reparent ourselves. To be able to sit non-judgmental, motive-less, not trying to get over feeling what we're feeling. We get to do that now. And that is what practitioners do with us. And we, we sit with a client in pain, in hurt, or in depression, or heartbreak, or disappointment, and we extend that space. We become those open vessels. Right? So somebody can just pour in all of those kinds of feelings, express their authentic selves, process their own emotions, and we sit as witness, don't we? And this is what we do as best friends, too. Right? We sit. We don't say, oh, you know, snap out of it. <laughs> I was born and raised in New York. That's what we did in New York. <laughs> you know, I feel hard. <laughs> snap out of it. Get over yourself. <sighs> we get to sit with and process those emotions. We get to sit with and process those feelings in a, in a, in a totally supportive, non-judgmental way. Work the way up and out of despair while honoring the process, which is unique 
and individual to each one of us. It's just like as we process through grief. It's just an amazing thing when we process through grief, right? Each one of us does it our own way. Even, even if, you know, the family loses one person, right? So each one of the people have their own experience of grief. Even though you're, you're grieving the same person, grief is a solo landscape. No two are alike. And each one of us has to process it our own way. And to have someone simply witness, right? Simply witness and be there loving, uh, loving as you go through the process. Non-judgmental and, and motiveless. Simply witnessing the process without trying to make you get over it. Ernest Holmes said, surely God has imparted itself to every soul. If this were not true, you would not be here. Your Christ is the unique incarnation of God in you as an individual. You are here to do that work, to shine that light, to be your authentic self, to give someone else permission then to be their authentic self so that they can do their work in the world, their joy. So you don't withhold who you are for some false idea that someone else had of you that they wanted you to be so that they could feel comfortable around you. This is your real deal. This is who you were born to be. Let your freak flag fly. Do your thing. Be your wholeness out in the world. This is why Spirit created you, to be that wholeness, to be that uniqueness that nobody else could be. Be an original. Don't be a cheap imitation of anybody else. Oscar Wilde, right? Be yourself. Everybody else is taken. <laughs> I love that. So how do we do that, right? How do we do that? Well, the first thing is we have to give up the masks. Yeah, and I know they're there for protection. I know we gathered them all up. We have a different mask for a different occasion, don't we? I, like, I love it, you know? It's, it's like, when I go to church, this is this mask. If I go to work, it's this mask. If I'm with my family, it's this mask, which when I'm with my extended family, I get the really heavy-duty one out, right? The don't offend anybody mask. We have all these just different kinds of masks. So the first thing we need to do is give up the masks. We have a shelf full of them, don't you? You have a shelf full of them, different masks for every occasion. Burn them. Burn them. Set them on fire. I don't care. Throw them in the river. No, don't. That's pollution. Don't do that. Get rid of them. Get comfortable being vulnerable. Ow. That's the part we don't like. We like to... We like to present an image of ourselves that's in control, right? In control and self-assured and, and, and just in charge and get comfortable being vulnerable. We cannot be authentic without being honest with ourselves and others. And it takes courage to be vulnerable, to say, I don't know, to be sad, to be weak, to be needing someone else. I need you right now at this time. We, oh God, we're loath to say those things. Get comfortable with being vulnerable. And then do it for you. Here's the big thing. Do it for you because you've been doing it for everybody else your whole life. Remember, you started wearing masks originally to reassure those people around you that you were acceptable. 
do this for you for no other reason, but it makes you happy to be your authentic self out in the world. And then the other thing is act, don't react. Remember the gap? Remember we talked about that a while back, the gap, God's area of preparation? Right, between stimulus and response, you can widen that space. Something happens and you respond to it. Something happens, you can react to it, right? Sometimes that's not really your best side when you just react, when you just light up. So, so act, don't react, right? Take the time, widen the gap, give yourself seconds, minutes. Go out in the backyard and count to 10, whatever it, whatever it takes. So that when you respond, you're not just reacting from ego and defensiveness or need to be correct, but you're giving the loving response. And then the other thing is to give from your gifts. We are individuals. There are no two alike of us. So, so give from your gifts because they're perfect and they're individual and they're unique and only you can give it your way. Whatever it is, whatever those gifts are, find out what they are within yourself. And, and you're the only one that can do it the way you can do it. So give from your gifts. Give from the heart of who you are. Give love your way. Give joy your way. Give peace your way. Because nobody else can do it your way. That's why you're here. And embrace your wholeness. <sighs> this is another one, right? Breathe. Breathe. Some of you are not breathing. <laughs> Embrace your wholeness. I don't want to see the Instagram post of you retouched and slimmed down and tanned, right? You know that version you put on, you know, you do the little Photoshop thing and you get rid of the chunky thighs and you slim down a little on the waist and, oh, and you put that tan on and you look marvelous. I don't want to see the Instagram post of you. Embrace the wholeness of you. Embrace the wild-haired, overweight, muffin-top self that you are and love every bit of it. Love. Fall in love with your authentic self. Fall in love with it, every single part. Be your wholehearted, open-wide, loud and laughing, quiet and crying, giggling, wondering, self-assured, clueless, happy, sad, fully alive, self-actualized being that spirit made you to be. Chris Brogan said this, don't settle. Don't finish crappy books. <laughs> if you don't like the menu, leave the restaurant. And if you're not on the right path, change it. Ernest Holmes in this thing called life said, every longing and yearning you have ever had, every secret desire of your soul, every constructive ambition you have ever had is a whispering of life, assuring you that you are one with it. You are a concrete manifestation, a personification of it. You are a center where life passing through you becomes de definite, distinct, unique individualization of itself. There is no one else like you in all of the universe. There never will. We must celebrate that. We have to rise up 
we have to to shed all the masks, all the all the <laughs> false beliefs, all the limiting ideas. You be you, I'll be me. That's the real deal. Thank you. <laughs>